we haven't been aggressive with our uh, approach so far, to be honest. Mm. We were always like held back. Uh, we always wanted the customer to come and be open, open-minded about the things that they're going to experience in Petra. And now I can yeah. say with confidence that when you enter through any Petra's door, uh, everything's very similar. You get a cappuccino, you get a cortado, you get a filter coffee, you get something to eat. Uh, but what you end up in, in front of you is, in terms of taste and experience, to- something totally different. Welcome to or welcome back to Coffee with April. My name is Patrick Rolf, and this is a conversation with some amazing professionals and entrepreneurs in the coffee industry. Sharing their perspective and experience, it's about integrity, quality, and the future. This conversation is with Khan. Khan is the founder and CEO of the Petra Roasting Company in Istanbul, Turkey. He shares the story behind how he created his own coffee empire. For me, Petra has been one of the coolest brands, especially coffee, for a very long time. And this is an absolutely amazing conversation. So it's a Saturday afternoon. We're sitting in Istanbul in a back room of the Petra Roastery. I'm together with Khan, the the company's founder. Uh, We're having whiskey. And uh, yeah, we w- we want to talk about. I'm I'm known Khan and I know Petra now for, is it almost three years? Yeah. Yeah. And one of the really cool things with this with this company, and for those of you that know me, you know that I spent the last uh, you know two years uh, telling everyone they have to go to Petra, they have to see this. Um, it's it's the integrity of the company, which today in specialty coffee is very hard to find, right? Uh, we're coming into a situation where we're all kind of merging into the same kind of company. We look a bit differently, but we basically do the same thing. So one of the really cool things here is the company's integrity. And we just want to have a conversation, uh, a discussion, uh, and, and see if we can figure out what the kind of you know key behind this is and, and just the story of, of Petra. Because if you're in specialty coffee, Petra is too good not to know, Okay. So, uh, Khan, for, for those of you that don't know about Petra, can you just describe a bit about, you know, how did it start? Um, why are you in Istanbul? Why a coffee roastery? Sure. Um, um, the way we, we started Petra was uh, we were actually trying to find uh, really good tasting stuff. And by stuff, I mean liquids. And before we started, before I even had the idea for opening a roastery, I was always interested in things, uh, liquids that tasted really good, like wine, whiskey, and tea, and especially coffee, uh, because you can get a lot of complex tastes from uh, drinks that you don't get from food, and many chefs would argue against this, but uh, as a consumer, I think that's what I prefer, and what I like. So, it's Everything got um, shaped around the idea that uh, liquids and their tastes. And I got introduced to, to coffee uh, maybe three years before I uh, founded the company. And before that, I was really into cocktails, which was really hot 
in US where I was living at the time and mixing really good spirits with good ingredients and getting like I'm not talking about like uh, like colorful cocktails I'm talking about like real spirits like see-through cocktails that mm, are like yeah. really old school yeah. and it's the mix between like a good gin and a good vermouth stuff like that yeah okay yeah. Um, and then when I was introduced to coffee that I, s I saw an opportunity where you can be in the manufacturing because in uh, in drinks you cannot do that it's very the, the barriers for entry is so high with liquor businesses yep, yep. and uh, you can it's very difficult for you to be in the manufacturing stage and that's when uh, starting up a roastery started taking shape mm. when you when you were in uh, when you were in the US where, where you studied uh, in, in Boston right yeah yeah cool so the home of, of George Howell I believe yeah um, were you were you always sure you wanted to come back to Istanbul and do it in Istanbul? Was it important for you, or did you also think about maybe doing something in the in the states as well? Um, I did want to do something in the states, but what pushed me to come back to Istanbul was the political situation of 2012, yeah. and there was these uh, protests against the government and the way the country has been being run for so many years yeah. and there was a lot of youth energy that I saw from outside. I was uh, unfortunate not to be a part of the uh, the protest and all what's happening here. I was just a spectator from outside mm. but the energy that it gave me just was like a flash that I wanted to be a part of it somehow yeah. and maybe we'll talk about this later but uh, even though I wasn't there at that time I think me what what happened like me personally and what we have accomplished as accomplished as a team uh, as in petra actually contributed to the things that i wanted to do uh, but i couldn't because i wasn't physically there yeah so. yeah oh super yeah. cool so why so you're in the us uh, you know you want to work with with quality beverages yes uh, you know you want to come back you know you want to do it in istanbul uh, let's say you're, you're, you're back in Istanbul. H how do you start? Uh, do you start by yourself? Uh, do you start? You know, what's the what's the vision? Are you are you starting small? Or are you starting big? We have, you know, people doing it in, in a lot of different ways in that sense. Um, to be honest, I wasn't really self confident, so I always wanted to start really small. Yeah. Um, I still am, comparatively, not self confident in my investments. I never. I always fear the worst. Uh, but it doesn't. Uh, it does. It never uh, makes me stay at home and not do stuff. I always do the stuff, but it's yeah, always yeah, this that, yeah. pulling me back. Yeah. But I manage to uh, rise above it, so, yeah, so yeah. to say. The, the, there's always yeah. a level of, of uh, anxiety whenever yeah. you go uh, start your own company, yeah. regardless of, of, of how you start. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And we started really small. We were. Uh, in a shared environment, which we are in right now, but it's totally Petra now. Before it wasn't, um, so it was. We were sharing the space. It's close to 2,000 square meters where we are right now. Uh, we were sharing maybe like 50, 50 square meters of that place. Yeah. And now we're, we we spread out like viruses. Yeah, it, it should be noted that they yeah. they have all of it now, if if not more. Yeah, yeah. and um, yeah, so. Uh, and this location is not a very uh, popular location in terms of uh, neighborhood. You don't have so much food traffic. Uh, you don't have people working around here. So 
It ja. was not a really strategic place to start, but it actually gave us this notion that okay, we're not going to be able to fill this place up with coffee lovers. So what should we do next? So hmm. we started with zero expectations of filling the space. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's actually uh, one of the things that I always talk, talk about. Like, um, the plan is never going to work out mm. most of the time. Like, you should always have a plan. Mm, uh, mm. That goes without saying, but the, uh, the reality is going to be totally different. So you have to always uh, be able to adapt, and you have to have your uh, uh, trusted uh, investments I'm yep. not talking about investments in terms of capital. I'm talking about investments as personal and also uh, investments into the team because that's what matters at the end of the day, yeah, people yeah. you work with. Yeah. You mentioned um, you mentioned uh, that you, you wanted to start a, a, a production company in that sense, yeah. right? But you guys started out as a, as a coffee shop, no? We was started as a roastery. Um, so by the time... We, so we our first uh, cup of coffee that we served was... December 2013 oh, and cool. the company was founded in June uh, 2013 something like that and in the in between it was all about like planning importing stuff because uh, in Turkey there was maybe two other coffee companies that were uh, into specialty coffee and doing it in a different way doing yeah. coffee in a different way mm -hmm. and none of them were Uh, wholesalers they were only coffee shops and what I wanted to do is become a wholesaler because I I'm always like I said before I'm always scared about uh, interacting with customers investing in a coffee shop where you are exposed that much yeah uh, what I learned from school is not service it's more business so yeah. uh, I wanted to be uh, focusing on the parts that I'm uh, good at so to yep. say or experienced uh -huh. that or yep. learned the things that I learned in school. Yeah. So um, I definitely wanted not to be in the co cafe business. I yeah. wanted to be in the coffee business. Yeah. I think it's a, you know, it's, 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 it's a very different, it's a very different business. I think that's important to understand that you can do a lot of things in, in, in coffee, but they're all very different. But it, it, it needs to be stated for, for like those of you trying to kind of, you know, start something today. It's like when, when Khan started this in Istanbul, we're talking about, uh, you know, They're, they're the pioneers. They're the first ones, you know. Think, uh, think back to, I don't know, Tim Annabelle like 10, 12 years ago. Uh, it's, it's, an, it's a very big challenge to go in and try to create a market, which is basically what you guys have been doing, or, yep. or at least what I've seen over the last three, four years. Yep. And uh, we haven't been aggressive with our uh, approach so far, to be honest. Mm. We were always like held back. Uh, we always wanted the customer to come and be open, open-minded about the things that they're going to experience in Petra. And now I can yeah. say with confidence that when you enter through any Petra's door, uh, everything's very similar. You get a cappuccino, you get a cortado, you get a filter coffee, you get something to eat. Uh, but what you end up in, in front of you is, in terms of taste and experience, to something totally different. That's yeah. what we aim for. Like, yeah. We don't... Um, familiarity is great, but in terms of taste, when you put something in front of people that is totally unexpected, that's when you uh, do something I think uh, remark remarkable. Like yeah, it's yeah. Uh, not in terms of like great, but it's re remarked. 
yeah. in the person's memory. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes it can go right, sometimes it can go wrong, <laughs> but uh, you try to be uh, better each time. Yeah, for sure. I, I want to go back to the... I, I know we're, we're jumping ahead of ourselves here, yeah. and we'll, we'll go back to like talking grocery, coffee shop, bakery, restaurant. Yeah. Uh, you guys do so many things now, but uh, you, you said something like, you know, when, when you open the door and the, the key thing that strikes me the most about Petra is, is that exact kind of thing. Like whenever you go to any, any Petra, you, how many shops now? Five. Five, yes. So, so four shops open for the public and then, then the other one, yeah. Um, you go in there, they're all a bit different and it's hard to explain. That's why you all have to come here. Um, <laughs> but there is this amazing in integrity about it. There is, there is something unique. The first time I opened the door and I went into a Petra, I realized for the first time in coffee, I went into a coffee shop that I haven't, haven't been to before. And not as a, as a physical thing, but I went into a coffee shop that, that wasn't as every other coffee shop in the world, which to be fair, most, most coffee shops are. Um, and I would love to just hear, is, is this like a super genius, elaborate plan that you had from the beginning? Or how, how do you manage, after so many years as well, so many places, uh, so much staff now as well, how do you, first of all, create that integrity? And how do you maintain it? Like, where does that come from? Is it something you think about or has it just, you know? It's definitely something that we think about and plan ahead, but it's not... Uh, something that is was a part of the business plan initially. Yeah. So uh. Uh, one thing that I always want to do is have fun when I'm doing business. So I have to uh, I have to be challenged in terms of creatively and uh, mentally to be able to go forward. Like I I want to have um, how to say uh, the next project has to be always something different for me. Yeah. And in coffee, most of the time, it's uh, when a design is uh, set up, then uh, it's maintained throughout all the coffee shops or every project that uh, the company is doing. Yeah. What we wanted to do is we wanted to explore different ideas because like, uh, the coffee scene in Turkey wasn't evolved enough, like in many European or American cities where there's a culture of coffee where there is this tradition of drinking coffee and buying coffee and yeah. uh, so it was non-existent so we, we went ahead and we said like okay every project we have we're gonna take it from scratch it's not gonna be like a big chain of coffee that copies and pastes all the design aspects we're yeah, gonna yeah. have we're gonna um, fit the environment that we're opening the shop we're, we're gonna fit the location we're gonna fit the customer base in that neighborhood so it's always a challenge and uh, it's a challenge that we tackle uh, with creativity and teamwork. So, yeah. um, like I said, it's not, it's not something that is planned, but it's something that we uh, have a lot of fun and a lot of, uh, like you said, maybe integrity while doing mm. it. Like it's, yeah. So it comes hand in hand. I don't know if that explains. I, I, I think it makes a lot of sense. And I've always imagined that part of part of the success of of because uh, it, it is I know that people maybe internationally are, are not so aware of it but it is the coolest brand in coffee no, and thanks. like hands up <laughs> uh, it's it's uh, it's way cooler than my own as well um, um, but 
I would I would maybe argue that part of that is is the location, as in your. You're in a country, you're in a city where, where coffee is brand new, right? True. So you're not exposed to all of this. This works, this works, this works. This roastery does yeah. it like this and they seem successful. This coffee shop does it like this and they seem successful. So let's copy and paste and do, do what they do. I mean, you know, go to London and, you, you know, it's, it's basically the same coffee shop times 100. Uh, you know, some exceptions to be yeah. fair, but still, uh, would that be fair to say that, that it's been in a way helpful to, to not be so exposed to everyone else in this? I think it's definitely an advantage. And yeah. also, professionally speaking, I did not have so much experience in terms of running a coffee shop or a restaurant yeah. or a coffee roastery. So yeah. everything uh, we did was not copy, but we went to the root of problems. For example, it can be from accounting to recipes to staff control, um, customer service, everything. Yeah. And we went down to the problems that we were facing and we said, like, okay, so thinking straight, how can we fix this problem? Mm. And because we didn't have any uh, real experiences and uh, real uh, examples to follow, then we had to come up with our ideas. And I never tried to find uh, answers in other businesses, other uh, other establishment, other coffee shops, stuff yeah. like that. So uh, it was, I think it made it more create a pro the process more creative and also it made our uh, solutions unique. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if uh, it makes sense, but it, it was like that. Like I can uh, give examples how we do accounting in terms of like how yeah. we uh, stock control or how we do uh, logistics which is a big problem for us because yeah, yeah. we grew in uh, four or five years to five coffee shops and we have two more coming so uh, logistics is yeah, yeah, yeah. way beyond me and we're always thinking like how can we make it better and um, since we're a young company we cannot afford professionals yep. so it's young people just trying to come up with ideas and like ways to solve problems that uh, companies and uh, coffee businesses face daily problems. yeah yeah let's see let's see if we can put some uh, just to kind of uh, rewind a bit let's see if we can put a timeline on this so because um, uh, uh, i go to istanbul now was it twice a year maybe yeah and every time i come before I even, you know, uh, put my foot in the door, I know that Khan has opened a new business or mm -hmm. a, a new branch of the business. I know that something has happened. Like the, the room we're sitting in now, which is uh, amazing, filled with uh, Turkish antiques. Is that yes? Probably, Most, yeah. yeah. French, um, no, Turkish. They're Turkish. Um, Unfortunately, most of the stuff you see here has been uh, thrown away. They're not like purchased in no, yeah, uh, yeah. antique shops. They're yeah. thrown away or. Uh, sold to like you know nothing yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but compared to the value and uh, we try to find these stuff like they're like stuff from palaces old yeah, palaces yeah, and the government just yeah. throws yeah. everything out and brings another new designer to make everything yeah, yeah. new which is uh, very unfortunate for the palaces but fortunate for us we can get our hands on like really cool stuff exactly no. and, and you see that the second you go into to one of your, your coffee shop but uh, the, the point here is that the room that we're sitting in that was, I believe two nights ago, they had a, like a, a fine dining experience here coming from their own 
restaurant kitchen in this space as well. The first time I was here, this was uh, basically a, a stock room, no, yeah. or like empty. It wasn't yeah. anything here. Uh, and the year before, the whole kitchen was stock room. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then the, um, where the bakery is was uh, Khan's old uh, office, you know. Yeah. So you know, every, every time I come, uh, it's something new. But just to kind of clarify, simple, like where, how did you start? Um, um, coffee place, grocery, coffee shop, coffee shop. When so, when did all of this happen? So 2013 December, we gave our first cup of coffee to our first customer, which was, I would say, unfortunate to be there or fortunate. <laughs> I don't know. Like I don't know how that guy just came upon that place but anyways that's how we started um, and uh, we started uh, going to restaurants and trying to sell our coffees uh, there were a couple of restaurants that were interested and we started building uh, our brand and the brand is actually very key because uh, we started the company when this third wave uh, concept was like uh, like a wildfire in US and in Europe uh, yeah. but uh, just because you were using these uh, specific brewing methods doesn't mean that you are actually a part of a trend mm. and we have always uh, tried to stay steer away from being associated with trends because we want to have a company that actually stands for premium uh, manufactured good locally manufactured goods like yeah. coffee and now with bread and hopefully with milk someday <laughs> yeah. um, uh, so uh, so that's how the brand was created and uh, how uh, what is the uh, what's the story behind the name for, for um, those of it's I would say it's a calculated name like uh, there's no like a um, life-changing story behind the name yep. or a philosophy uh -huh. um, uh, the letters in the name are letters that I wanted to be uh, in the name first of all so they're all vertical and sharp uh, okay so it's, it's actually a design aspect of, of each letter in the name yeah but the design and the sound of the letters are also go hand in hand so yeah. T P R. these are for me it's they sound really sharp yeah and yeah. Two syllable names are always really easy to remember, yeah. and uh, because like everybody was going on with uh, going towards uh, things that to do with coffee, like uh, most of the brands I've seen so far, like Bean that drip this. Oh you know? yeah, yeah, for so, sure. So uh, we wanted to steer away from that, and we wanted the name to have nothing to do with coffee. And our logo is a. Uh, so it's a moon with a face. It's a Masonic sign of wise moon. Uh, and it doesn't have anything to do with coffee. Like, you don't drink coffee at night normally. Um, yeah. We do, but uh, <laughs> it's... So it's sort of relating because, like, coffee is the drink for... Uh, like, it's the coffee that wakes you up instead yeah. of puts you down. So uh -huh. it's, maybe it can be linked to that, but... Um, and the name, again, uh, going back to the name, it, we wanted uh, to, the name of the company to be uh, easy to pronounce for yeah. Turkish people yeah. uh, who doesn't know anything, with, uh, who doesn't speak any word of English. Yeah. And also uh, a European person to be able to pronounce it yeah. very easily. So, uh -huh. um, so the uh, letters were selected that way. And something that we uh, figured out would uh, would 
be real like we thought uh, we thought about this but uh, it wasn't tested yeah uh, but later I came to realize that it, it was actually like a bullseye uh, uh, thought process which was uh, when you say the name Petra to a Turkish person yeah. they think of like a really blonde pretty woman that okay. is European or uh, Scandinavian, Scandinavian you know? yeah, yeah. So, and that's actually is like everybody who comes in that is uh, local they ask for who is Petra can we meet her stuff like okay. that okay. Uh, so it did really have that connotation uh, but for European it, or like a foreigner it sounds very oriental because they think straight about the city in Jordan yeah. the uh, ruins um, so it sounds very European or very foreign to a Turkish person yeah. and it sounds very uh, oriental to a European or an American yeah, person. For sure, for sure. So it goes both ways. So it's like uh, we thought about this but like for a second and then we saw that it was really like that. So yeah. everybody's yeah. like, "Do you uh, are you guys from Jordan? When yeah. people uh, in Paris, they hear about the name, they're like, no, it's just the way it sounds. Like it's the way the word is resonating in your mind yeah, yeah, yeah of course of course <laughs> so yeah back to the uh back to the coffee shop so um you have a roastery with with a coffee shop in the roastery uh when did you uh start expanding the the other coffee shops um before we started opening our coffee shops we were doing a lot of events like small yeah. events big uh -huh. events the coffee festival was non-existent in turkey at that time there was just uh, uh the barista exhibitions were happening okay. but uh, as a part of a big food food and beverage fair yeah it wasn't a festival on its own or an organization on its own it was very uh, uh young yeah. scene uh -huh. uh, so we were doing a lot of events and Uh, after one event, somebody uh, in this shopping mall offered us a, pay, uh, a place in the shopping mall, uh -huh. um, which we still have today. And we were very limited in, in terms of uh, investment capabilities at that time. So yeah. we said, like, let's go and uh, design a kiosk where we sell coffee to go. And we were fortunate enough that the big uh, coffee companies... Uh, that are still prominent right now. They were actually selling coffee not by cups but by paper cups. Okay. So yeah. people, Turkish people, got used to drinking filtered coffee and coffee on the go, coffee during the day. Okay. Except traditional Turkish coffee in paper cups. So yep. we said, okay, let, it's not going to be a really big problem for us because the big companies paved the way already. So the first coffee shop we had was only to go and paper cups, and it was successful because um, it was a local brand and uh, it was uh, the location was right yeah, uh, okay. still today I think the location was really right and we were fortunate enough that uh, because we didn't we did have no idea only coffee shops that were uh, working during that time were all foreign uh, franchises like okay, yeah. Costa Coffee that coffee uh, Coffee Nero and stuff so Um, we didn't know and it worked out fine and then we got uh, encouragement to keep on going and having this uh, local brand uh, touch people's lives in different parts yep. of the city and uh -huh. different styles yep. so, uh, and the growth plan was like I said I wanted to have fun when I was creating 
coffee shops and new stores. Uh, I wasn't always thinking financially, to be honest. Yep. <laughs> okay. uh, I was a bit spoiled sometimes. Yep. Uh -huh. uh, I wanted to do something really nice, really unique, yep. uh, really uh, out of this world that I missed. Like, I missed types of coffee shops that I used to go in New York or in Paris. Yep. Yep. So I wanted to be able to uh, recreate them in a new way mm. so it's not the same because if you try to do the same it's never the same so yeah. it's you should try to go to the feeling that uh, find the feeling that is making you feel that, that place or that product mm. and try to recreate that uh, based on the feeling not the physical attributes yeah yeah um, so the next shop was uh, the one in Topaju, which is a neighborhood that is more residential. Yep. Uh, it's a very old neighborhood, like um, from the 60s, 70s, the apartments are really old. And it's, it, was, it wasn't a gentrified area because yep. the residents of that area were still living there. So it's, it doesn't have the... Uh, gentrification aspect to it but it was so traditional and I was personally living in the area so yeah. it was for me like uh, my own coffee shop right down the yeah, street somewhere to drink coffee in the, in the afternoon after yeah. work yeah um, so that was the second store then we added um, can you be, be, before we move on and I don't know if you remember this but I remember this first of all it's it's one of the most beautiful coffee shops which you didn't mention, yeah. but it is. Like it's, it's every single little detail there has a, has a story behind it, and it has this amazing kind of vintage bar look to it, yet it's still modern. It's, I, I'm still confused as to how you managed to pull that off. But there, there was this story behind, there's a little detail, um, a, a drawing on the door where you, yeah. where you draw the name, yeah. which was based on a, a traditional way of marking uh, the house numbers yeah so um, the neighborhood that I'm talking about Topaju which is a very old neighborhood like I said uh, the very distinctive uh, thing that once you enter is uh, ugly buildings from 60s 70s yeah. and their door signs so uh, there's always this myth that there's only one guy left that paints those uh, apartment names and yeah. this is uncommon so we have names for apartments yeah. uh, so the buildings have names rather than numbers yeah. uh, it's uh, it's very I don't know it's like a very neighborhoodly and very traditional for example if you call for a delivery you don't say like this street this number in the neighborhood okay. you just yeah. tell the name of the building and the guy who's going to deliver your food your whatever they know the building mm. so mm. it's very neighborhoodly and the way that the names of the buildings are written is like gold on glass and it's very uh, unique for that yeah. neighborhood. There are a couple of other neighborhoods in Istanbul that have similar uh, design aspects. So what we wanted to do is we, first of all, we named the coffee shop uh, the Neighborhood Cafe. Yeah. Uh, we pr promote it like that. We put it forward like that. And uh, we like... I always, it's very difficult to explain that, but no, no, go for um, it. so we wrote the name of the coffee shop on the door, which is very, it's not unique, everybody writes their coffee shop name, but 
it's in the same tradition that the names of the apartments were uh, written or yeah. painted, so uh -huh. to say. Uh, but we did differently is that Topaj is a neighborhood that once you go in, as a, if you're a tourist, for example, if you don't know the neighborhood, you don't know that you're in Topaj. It yeah. doesn't, it's not written anywhere. Yeah. Uh, you might be able to like walk all throughout that uh, neighborhood and you don't know that you're in Topaj. Yeah. So what we wrote, uh, this is graphics, so the written name of the store is Topaj. Uh. And very little on top, like you wouldn't notice it. We have Petra Roasting Company Topaji. Yeah. So we wanted uh, we wanted Topaji to be more important than the brand yep. itself. Mm. And most of our coffee shops, uh, you don't find you, you don't realize that it's Petra until you realize it way later. Like yep. not. I don't see anyone going and oh this is Petra let's go in. They're like yep. oh this is Petra we're in. You know. Yeah. 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 So that's something that we wanted. It's like I think it's something personal. Like yep, yep, I don't like. Yep. Uh, and then I get that. And and and, and it's a risk. It's a risk uh, it, because for for sure it's a risk. But it's also it's. I, I would argue it's a risk for anyone else. But for 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 someone that has actually been to one of those coffee shops, it's so obvious. Like it's so obvious because. Again, it has this, I, I, I know I mentioned this a lot, but this identity or, or integrity where it's, it's once you're in there, the vibe, everything from how the you know, baristas are dressed to the little tiny antique details yeah. um, uh, and just all of these stories behind every single piece, you feel it, right? It's like an ambience there, right? You go in and, and um, uh, you, you won't be able to, to mistake yourself in that yeah. sense. And I think that's a very fascinating part of it. But... Um, Okay, so roastery, coffee shop, coffee shop, um, restaurant, bakery. Yeah. How how did that happen? Why did that happen? Uh, isn't it difficult enough to have a coffee shop and uh, a roastery? Um, or did you need the extra challenge? Is that why you? Uh... Um, maybe, but uh, what I'm thinking, like I would say, Petra with a kitchen is Petra 2.0. Yeah, that's what uh -huh. I say. Uh -huh. um, and so, I and I always feel like if you, as a startup, if you stop running, then you might fall. Oh yeah. Right now, For I'm sure. feeling like if we just stop running, we stop running. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. The fun is running. So yeah. The fun is growing the business, seeing uh, how we can add more value to the company. Yeah. Um, but uh, the kitchen project was actually started from a problem. Uh, and the problem was we were buying our bakery, baked goods from outside, and we weren't making as much money of the products that we were purchasing. Yeah. So uh, it, w it was a problem that we didn't want to fix, but it was a problem nonetheless. Yeah. And um, these things n are not always planned. Mm. Um, so uh, what happened was I was looking into like trying to figure out a way that to first of all bring more people uh, to the roastery uh, which we're in right now. Yeah. Um, and we've seen the problem that uh, okay everybody wants to drink coffee like okay going way back. Yeah, yeah. Um, in for example in New York at the time that I was living. Um, you could go to a restaurant then for lunch, then you can go to somewhere else to get your coffee, 
and at night you can go to a restaurant and you don't drink cocktails there you go to a different place to get cocktails yeah, and then yeah. different place to get a yeah. different cocktail so yeah. you were always quality driven uh, your your day was quality driven and taste driven yeah and uh, I thought it would be the same in Turkey but uh, the plan did not work mm. uh, the customer here was so to say uh, lazy they yep. didn't want to travel that much and also the city did not allow you to travel as easily so if you were to if you wanted to travel you had to take the taxi for 10 minutes and stuff like that so mm. it's impossible like yeah. it, it was a bad plan yeah so and what we wanted deeply deep down is that we wanted to share our coffee share our vision for coffee share our products and yeah. have the customer come to us and like taste our product and give us feedback and then we move the this whole coffee culture thing together to move forward yeah yeah but we realized something fundamental that we needed people to come in yeah and uh, when four people are uh, together and they want to Uh, get go to Petra or go to somewhere and have coffee and one of them just wants to have a something to eat then the Petra yeah. is out of the question and we weren't able to reach everyone yeah it's not about it's not financial it's like actually uh, an adaptation to serve the coffee uh, with just a couple of more steps between it yeah and I don't know if it makes sense but we saw the challenge so we had to fix it yeah and Like I said, opening a kitchen is not my expertise. Yeah. I wasn't ready for it. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't experienced for it. Yeah. But luckily, I had a, a childhood friend who was uh, gradu who graduated from Lyon from Bocuse Academy. Yeah. Uh -huh. And got trained in San Francisco. Uh, so he walked into the door when I was looking at CVs of chefs that I could work with. Yeah. So it was an intense. That's, like I said, some things are not uh, planned. They're all chance. Yeah, yeah it just happens. And right? with Jenk, we uh, created this concept where we uh, took the things that we learned from coffee and implanted them into uh, the kitchen. Yeah. So, and that was a food ba uh, product-based uh, design, like designing the menu based yeah. on items like... Yeah. the real items that make the food yeah, yeah, yeah and we came up with the whole menu that we changed twice so far yep and it's a very basic menu but it's everything's so hearty and everything is uh, pairable with coffee and it's it has been uh, a successful journey so far and we're quite happy and yeah yeah for sure and i think it, i think it's really cool i think we all agree on the fact that Uh, you know, if if you open a business that serves something, you should take control and make sure that everything you serve is is quality based, right? Yeah. And we all know that a lot of coffee shops, even though they serve really tasty coffee or really good coffee, sometimes the the food aspect of it, or uh, at least when it comes to creativity, but also in terms of, of quality, it's just not there, right? And and uh, it's interesting to see someone that actually takes on. The whole kind of spectrum because it didn't yeah. stop there you end up doing a bakery yep. as well to kind of do the final, final i think touch. it like uh, we can talk about all the challenges and all the ideas and plans we had for bakery the kitchen the coffee business but it all boils down to 
to the team and the people like yeah. that's what, what I always uh -huh. say like I couldn't have done it without the team and I yeah. will not be able to do it without the team yeah. so it's it's it has become more of a team uh, yeah. effort and a team uh, for me it's a team building uh, business yeah. like right now we're 50 people which is yeah. a lot for it's amazing a, yeah. like that's when people say like how do you like Do you feel like you 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 succeeded something? Do you feel yeah. successful? I I I don't look at the financials. I I don't think of how many kilograms of coffee I sell a month. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of how many people, like-minded people, are in under the Petra umbrella. Yeah, that's for me. That's the success part. Yeah, yeah. And going back to the uh, to the 2012, the protests and stuff like that. That's what I mean by we have, I have in some way uh, contributed to this because I've managed somehow with the help of my team to bring more people in and yeah. have a company that actually uh, is team-based. We're definitely not customer-based. We, yeah. we don't we, we do not do anything that we don't want to. Yeah. We don't serve yeah. Coca-Cola because... Uh -huh. You can drink Coca-Cola anywhere. Like yeah. it's it's not special. We want once you enter Petro's door, we want everything to be special, everything to be different. Uh -huh. So, yeah. um, so uh, like, I think it's that's the thing that I did for the country. Yeah, no, but that's too uh, big. <laughs> I don't know, but but uh, yeah, like, but that's I, I I get that, and I think if uh, like for if if any of you been to Istanbul, uh, sadly, like first of all, Istanbul is probably the the coolest city on earth, and everyone should go as well. But uh, it's it's uh, I I agree with you with that because a, um, a city a country needs people that that pushes quality forward. I think so. And I think that coffee is just a tiny, tiny part of it. And what you guys are, are trying to do has evolved into something, something way bigger than that. Yeah. But if you if look at it on a more kind of a, we're not going to go into psychology here, but you know, you said it yourself, you're your 50 employees. You started out, sure, you, you knew you kind of wanted to work with quality focused production which you know it, it, it's exactly what you're doing which is amazing because what i see with a lot of coffee companies and and i believe this to be an, an issue perhaps more in coffee than the other industries is that somewhere along the way the the owner is either losing their momentum as you said how important it is to keep on moving um or you know let's be frank they start selling out The, the original core business or idea, like we all start with this philosophy about we want to do quality. That's, that's the only thing I'm going to do. And then you're two, three years in. That's when the first kind of financial struggle for most of us starts. And then all of a sudden you start having this product there. You start yeah. doing this, this. You're bringing Coca-Cola in the shop. Yeah. Even if you wanted to do, you know, nothing wrong with Coca-Cola. But point is you start doing things that you initially promised yourself that you would never do yep. right and how how did you what was it for you as easy as those things never came to mind because surely you must have had also people around you that were like you know can you should pro probably you know try to do this now <laughs> or do this now and and, and yeah. that would go better because there's so many 
there's still so many ex external people, you know, it's friends, uh, family, uh, other businesses, whatever, that has opinions, ideas, and thoughts. And um, how, how did you deal with all of that? How did you deal with all of the, the, the stress of external things that you don't necessarily can, can control when, when growing Petra? Um, it's a big one, but, but yeah, uh, it's interesting. I think it's a personal choice. Like, um, like I said, since day one, we have tried to find our own way. We didn't follow any uh, professional examples. Yeah. So in a crisis, like, okay, we cannot sell enough coffee to sustain ourselves, and we cannot grow. Yeah. Um, most of the time, people go for like buying cheaper coffee or buying a lot of the same coffee that exactly. they sell yeah. for two years or different kinds of. It all changes from country to country because yeah. like, we have the import uh, customs duties and stuff like that. So it's not as easy as a company in Europe to buy like really good coffee. For sure, yeah. So, um, and it boils down to personally how you want to continue doing and how you solve a problem. Like, um, for example, um, ice the currency exchange for example with the money that we buy good coffee and the money that we sell here the currency is the the gap is growing day by day and yeah. tremendously yeah so good coffee for us is getting more expensive more and more expensive yeah, yeah. and because of that uh, gap the purchase po purchasing power of our clients is uh, going uh, diminishing so to say yeah, yeah. Uh, so we cannot increase our prices and we cannot get the coffee for a cheaper product. So we have to have some kind of creative way uh, to uh, compensate because either you buy cheaper coffee for the, yep. for yep. the price that you were buying good coffee yeah. or you keep buying and start losing. You know, It's either that or this. So uh, that's where the bakery and stuff like that come in. Like we... Well, we look at uh, our team and we see like, okay, what do we have here? Yeah. What type of people do we have? And how can we create stuff here? We can export, but there's extremely competitive market to export. Yeah, for sure. So we cannot export. And like shipping out of Turkey is extremely expensive. So yeah. uh, things like that uh, come together and you try to figure out a way that you can... Uh, make money on somewhere else instead of losing your quality and you start buying cheaper products you want to keep keep on buying yeah. uh, good products because in the core you want quality you want you don't want to give up quality that's that's not possible and so it's it's a matter of choice to be honest yeah, it's, yeah. it's a matter of uh, unfortunate enough that I don't have partners because yep. if I had partners that or investors that wanted to uh, monetize what we have all yeah. the time yeah. and they were always thinking about returns I would be forced to buy cheap coffee and sell it at a high price yeah. or stuff yeah. like that oh, for sure. but I can't because uh, I would be contradicting myself yep. um, well, so well, for you, example you, you say that as something easy but I, you know uh, most uh, most normal people would contradict themselves right so it's something it's something uh, something with you that is actually relatively unique in that sense at least in coffee because uh, um you know i i haven't seen 
um, this, this was a this was a while ago back in London and um, uh, if, if Hoffman doesn't want me to say this he needs to, to call me after this but hmm. we had a discussion about coffee roasteries and he just asked me or um, basically like do you do you know of any roastery in the world where you feel don't have any compromised products um, to like to, to be honest and fair and you know we were trying to make a list and on that list were you know basically three companies we're not mentioning any names but you know there, there's a lot more coffee roasteries in the world than three yeah. and and those are the three within specialty coffee that we mentioned that you know doesn't have an obvious compromise product so you you say it as something something natural but but it's 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 really something unique right it's something that is very very rare um at least in in, in the states and in the u.s for yeah sure. but it should come natural like if we're agreed for if, sure yeah, if yeah. we're talking about uh like managing businesses thinking entrepreneurial um I've seen so many really good businessmen that just think financial. They are very objective in terms of their business. They're uh-huh. like, well, I, I would sell it, like if they gave me the right price and stuff yeah. like that. Like yeah. very like, um, how do you say, with corners. Yeah. And they're really successful, mm. and I admi- admire them. But uh, for me, it's it has been always personal. I think it's something to do with. My personality, my upbringing, yeah. my, yeah. <clears throat> and that—that's where I value the people that I'm working with, my suppliers, yeah. my team, yeah. uh, my customers. So, I think it's a—it's a personal thing. Yeah, that's and, good. and it's a good thing. Like, um, I think it's a—it's. I don't think it's always a bad thing to have personal opinions. You should uh. not be objective about your business. You can yeah. be personal you can take it personal you can you can uh, you can i don't know you can it's hard to explain yeah well, i i get that but the, the 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 funny thing is and it's 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 hard for you guys to understand listening as well but uh, 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 the the way you say that so naturally is uh, like again it's it's uh, uh, realize that 99% of the people in the world would not sit here in front of me and, and say that because they never made it that far, right? They they had a company for longer than three years and they compromised. Yeah. And it didn't work, right? So again, like the, the that's that's why I say that everyone should jump on a flight and go to Petra because what you guys are doing is is you you don't see that and I, I travel I've, I've been around a fair amount to you know coffee places around the world um, and it's still such a rare thing to uh, such a rare thing to find I want to go back to uh, this is this is after you you can say as much or as little as you want to okay. about this um, we're not going to go into detail like this is your upbringing but I, I'm still going to ask because it's something I've been thinking about myself as well mm-hmm. um were you basically born with the vision of one day I'm going to start a company or did you one day just wake up and say, I want to start a company? Like where did the the motivation, the the inspiration, you know, a lot of people can, can, can travel and see interesting things, but most of them wouldn't go back to their home country and build up an empire uh, in that sense. Right. So, hmm. so what, the, where does that come from? Um, uh, I didn't, to be honest, I didn't grow up to be, uh, to be in food and beverage, first of all. Yeah. Uh, my family has a history of being in uh, trade. Yep. So, um, but 
a really good friend of mine, my best friend, always said like, I cannot see you doing trade or anything like manufacturing. Yeah, no okay. way, you know, like yeah. office business, no way. Um, that's the only thing I can remember. But I never had the notion that I would one day have my own company. Um, yeah. And I never ever had. Uh, the image that I had a big, I would have a big company that I would run. Yeah. Uh, so that came way later, and I don't think Petra is that big yet. So it's not to its full potential uh -huh. to be honest. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but no, I didn't think that I would uh, have my own company. I didn't grew up uh, thinking that way. Yeah. So so what what was the uh Tipping point in, in to steal something from Michael Gladwell, but what was the like? When when did you then you know when did you realize that okay you know fuck, you know fuck I'm gonna make a company I'm gonna start this like what is the what what made you change because you've been to you've been to university mm -hmm. you've been to schooling um, and and what in that process made you realize that you know I want I want to start a company I think that's quite I think I blacked out <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I think I had a rush judgment going back uh. here and I didn't have anything that would... I didn't have like a family business. I didn't have yeah. anything that I was going back to, you know. Yeah. Uh, I could have stayed in uh, in the States. I could have started my own company there or started working at a coffee shop there. Yeah. Coffee company, probably. Um, but uh, it was a rush decision. Yeah, okay. I said, like, okay, I'm really interested in coffee. I'm really interested in... And I don't want to lose a good coffee that mm. I was used to. Yeah. Even though I couldn't find that coffee when I went back to the States. But <laughs> uh, that's another story. But yeah. um, I said, I want to take the life that I'm used to and mm. somehow take it to my hometown because I always thought like I have to go back to Turkey at some point yeah if I if it was when I was 30 when I was 25 at some point I had to turn back and I I thought to myself okay right now I'm I was 20 what 24 at that time something like that Wait, were you 24 when you started Petro yeah amazing so man. I said I'm 24 uh, I'll give five years uh-huh if I don't like it, 30, I can move somewhere else yeah. probably and uh -huh. uh, see what happens. Yeah. But if I stay here and I still in the back of my head, I have this notion that I want to try it out yeah. in my home country. Yeah. And like I said, at the time that I was thinking these things, there was a light at the end of the tunnel in terms of political, like um, modernization, stuff yeah. like that. So uh, time has changed. Yeah. Uh, things have changed. Yeah. But... Um, that that at that time I had to do that, uh -huh. and I realized that uh, it was now or never at that time. So when I went back, I got into the city. I went straight to the uh, I don't know how to say it in English, but the business uh, like registration registration thing. thing. Yeah. And I said like I want to found a company, <laughs> and it's cheap. Yeah. Like you don't pay anything to yeah, found yeah, a company yeah. in Turkey. Like it was really easy. And without having anything, like yeah. no investment in the company. Yeah. And I started with uh, what we call in the 
uh, what we called in the business school like family friends fools yep. capacity uh-huh. Uh-huh. so I had a little bit of money from my family a little yeah. family, uh, money from my uh, friends and uh, I bought a roasting machine a one kilo probat yep. that's, and that's how it started yeah. like roasting at home yeah. and now, now you're roasting on a I'm roasting on a P12 yep um, so that's a, that's a, a probat 12 kilo for the, those of you that don't know yeah um, I when we started the coffee business in Turkey, there was nothing like there was no brewing equipment being uh, imported to Turkey. There was no coffee being imported properly to Turkey. Yeah. And nobody knew how to import except the really big Turkish coffee companies. Yeah. And uh, so we found our way. Like we we said, okay, we don't have this product and we need this product, so we have to import it somehow. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we did. <laughs> that yeah. is true. And it, it, it's, um, when I, I remember, like, I called, there was, there is still Lamar Zoko in Turkey, and we're really good friends. But uh, at the first time I called them, I, I was like, uh, okay, I want a Lamar Zoko machine. They didn't send me a price list for a couple of weeks. <laughs> they were like, no, man, this guy doesn't know what he's asking for. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think I, I think I that's a, it's, a that it's such an important part of your story that again it, it's uh, you know I started up in a, a company in Copenhagen where you know it takes two days for me to get green coffee as a roastery right uh, it takes uh, one day to get a Lamasoka machine if if I if I wanted one right um, it's it's uh, like starting up a, a bis a, a coffee roastery in Turkey is not an easy thing to do right especially when there is there isn't any model uh, before you right we talked about earlier about this you know it's it's so easy to, to copy other people and just do what they do and uh, for example when when i started april it was uh, you know i already knew how to do anything everything i knew how to get everything i can i can fuck up a green coffee order and i can still get a coffee in time to to roast it uh, you fuck up a green coffee owner and that's, you know, two, three months later, uh, you know, you yeah. won't have any coffee. So it's it's, a, it's an extremely uh, difficult thing. But um, moving on, and, and we're not going to uh, talk for so much longer, but there's a few more things I want to kind of touch on. You you decided when, when you, you said you decided when you started that you had this kind of five-year thing, right? Where, yeah. you know, let's jump in, let's do it. You're practically five years later now, right? Yeah. Almost. So, what, you know, what's the next five years? Do, do you have a new five-year plan here now? Uh, you're obviously still into it. You're obviously still doing things. And what is the, uh, what's the next five years for, for Petra and, and you as well personally? What, uh, where are you going? Um, personally, I'm happy with my life here. Yep. Um, I, again, like Petra has become a team company, like yep. a team company so uh, the next five years has to be able to maintain that team and improve that team like yeah. the people that has spent time with us we should make their lives better yeah. and uh, people always ask me like uh, and last years uh, have been a bit sad in terms of uh, the youth and uh, and uh, like able man energy or yeah. like I don't know the so here uh, due to the political situation yeah, in, in so Turkey. many so many creative people have left yeah. Istanbul yeah. 
uh, unfortunately. And there's always this talk about like, when are you gonna start something in Europe or yeah. somewhere else, yeah. at least US, whatever. Yeah. And um, to be honest, I would only do something in Europe or US or anywhere else if I have something to add to the scene, whatever scene it, it is, yeah. uh, coffee scene, I don't know, restaurant scene. If I have something to add, then I will do it. If I'm gonna do something that has already been done there, I wouldn't be bothered to. Like it's that's where a brand, a marketing, and a, and uh, like the things that surround the product for me stops. Yeah. Like, okay. uh, for me, it has to be like the product itself has to be so good so different, so unique that it has a place in a city, for example, like London or Paris yeah. or yeah. New York. Yeah. Otherwise, I wouldn't do it. So the next five years would be coming up with a product that would be, uh, but that would benefit people that are living in other cities. Yeah. That would be yeah. the next five years. Okay, cool. And with that, I would be so honored to have my team in different cities. Yeah, you know, like yeah. Yeah. People you see here, if you were to see them in Paris tomorrow, that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah, of course, of and, course. Yeah, that's I, great. I think that's a, a very important part of it, and it's it's as as you know, I have been an employee for in several coffee roasteries and, and coffee businesses around the world as well. And if there's one thing that that you're often missing as as an employee and something that is very important as well um, for me uh, in, in my own kind of coffee business is. You know, you, you need to bet on your staff, right? Yep. Your company is never better than the staff you have, and you need to make sure that the the people that contribute value to your company is actually, um, uh, you know, actually get what they what they deserve for that work in that sense, right? A really good friend of mine once said, like that's like a uh-huh. part of a story, but uh, a really good friend of mine who worked at a bar, uh, and the bar became the best bar in the world yeah. a couple of years back. Uh-huh. The bar is called Drink in Boston. They're really good. Yeah. Yeah. And he said, um, the best team is the team you have right now. Yeah. I don't know if it makes any sense to a listener that is listening right now, but it actually does because uh, it means that you have to invest in your team. Yeah. Um, you shouldn't be looking for a better team. Mm. Uh, mm. And he might be incorrect. Like yeah. it, you might have better accountant, you might yeah. have better baristas, better yeah. roasters. But in, t- in terms of uh, a team builder, uh, I don't want to say leader, but yeah. like as a manager, yeah. w- when you have that notion, then you start investing in that team. Yeah. And that's very important. Yeah, for sure. I love this. I, I, I forget the name, but it's a, it's a very, very famous American uh, uh, football coach. He has that uh, um, kind of thought process or ideas that he advocates to all of his uh, players, and they're they're like the you know longest winning score in the history mm-hmm. of, of football or whatever. And he he always says that we we never go in and we 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 never focus on a season. Right, mm-hmm. we never even focus on the second half of a game. We're focusing on what's here right now, right? Yeah. Because the only thing you can affect, the only thing you can actually have control of, is what you're doing right now at the second, right? So there's a level of of, uh, of focus, which which I also personally, in in terms of running a business, is sometimes difficult. It's very easy to kind of, um, you know, look. You look at the horizon in that sense, you know, to kind of follow this poetic thread we're into now. Uh, instead of just basically, you know, 
look what's straight in front of you. Do that the best way you can. Yep. And that will probably lead you to, to something good. Yeah. Hopefully, right? So really just taking it step by step by step. Uh, let's take the last kind of minutes and just look a bit uh, broader than Petra, outside of Petra. Okay. Let's try to look at coffee. What's your, what's your, because you're, you, you know, you're, you're a well-traveled man. You've been around. What's your, what's your opinion about coffee? Like, what's your opinion about the state of coffee in the world, whether it's, I don't know, commercial, capsule, fully, whatever it is, right? What yeah. do you think about coffee at the moment? Uh, I think uh, there is a huge elephant in the room uh-huh. uh, in terms of coffee industry. And it mm, doesn't always taste really good in places that really push forward that they yeah. taste really good. Is that, uh, so it's it's um, it's not a automated industry. It's yeah. a very uh, people industry. Yeah. So um, is it is it going know. in is it going in a positive direction? Do you, do you see like do you when when you do your travels? Well, let's say you you go back to Boston now after you know been there before you started Petra and now after running Petra successfully do you go back to Boston and are you as excited about coffee in the US as you were mm-hmm. when you started or did this kind of whole process just completely change your perspective on uh, it's a really difficult question like it's yeah. <laughs> but um, I think it's uh, everything's being monetized in coffee right now like excitement is gone sort of Okay. Um, there's definitely better coffees there's definitely uh, better service better products yeah. out there yeah. but uh, it has dropped its energy to like 50% at least yeah. since 5 years uh-huh. yeah. I, yeah. maybe it's overdone yeah. uh, that's why we're because like when you have something new then everybody's like excited but after yeah. a while new you cannot create new that much yeah um it's it's, it's you know it's, it's more of the same. I've I've seen so many coffee uh, roasters and stuff that uh, coffee companies they go back to traditional ways. Yeah. Uh, traditional style of serving coffee, not yeah. new. And uh, I've seen in Europe the wave dialogue is gone. Like it's yeah. more about product, which I like, um, and you can get. Tasty, tasty coffee everywhere, um, which is great. But uh, I always wonder, and I always ask people coming like yourself. Yeah. I I ask like, what's new? Like, yeah. is there something new going on? And yeah. most of the time, is like not so much. Yeah, yeah well, I was actually actually felt kind of sad when you when you asked me. Uh, yeah, like yesterday, I think. But we was like, is there anything new? And I was like, hmm. Well, you know, maybe we have this kind of. I don't know, new cool tamper. That's basically what it is. Or Barista Hustle has figured something out. But there's there's no true innovation in, in coffee anymore, right? Yeah. I think we all kind of agree on that. And, and the kind of innovation that does happen is inspired and financed by the commercial market. We're talking, you know, Nespresso, uh, fully automatic machines, yeah. where there is innovation, but we as an industry kind of take a step away from that, Um which uh, which which is interesting. Um, do you have any kind of because uh, because for me when it comes to coffee shop what what I'm missing and and you kind of 
you described it very well saying that there's no excitement anymore, right? You don't mm-hmm. go into a coffee shop anymore and get like, you know, I'm really excited yeah, like, to go to what this. Every, what everybody's doing, like that's so yeah, new. Yeah, it's I like, wow, you, you never, you, you, the, the anticipation of going into a coffee shop isn't there anymore. Like, like for me as well as it was, you know, the, the first time I went into like, uh, you know, Intelligentsia in the US, there was, you know, it was so much excitement. There was something special about that. And now a new coffee shop opens and uh, first of all, they're going to have the same coffee as every other coffee shop anyway. Yeah. So it's, you know, the, the excitement is, is, is off. Sure. But do you see, you know, is, is there a future in specialty coffee or does specialty coffee have to merge into something new to be able to survive? Like where, where are we going here in the future? Hmm. I, think it, uh, I think the industry is going to become mainstream. Yeah. And we're going to have uh, the things that we're doing new today is going to be uh, general and generic yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Uh, that's a good thing. Like, yeah. That's that's what we want. Yeah. That, uh, in our business plan, first thing, it, the, the first rule is like Petro will push so that um, good coffee is being drunk everywhere. Yeah, exactly. That works either you sell good coffee yep. or you push the competition to sell good coffee. Yeah. 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 So, and the, in the end, it's going to come to that. Like good roasters are going to, and ro- good coffee companies, good service providers are going to push the competition and themselves to have really good coffee everywhere yeah. because everybody wants good coffee. Like yeah. they don't want like, I yeah. want bad coffee. Yeah. Nobody says that. Yeah. Um, yeah, what are you on on the on the subject of? I'm good drawing co- a blank. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, but but I, I hear you because it's it's uh, it's difficult. Like to some extent, we're going through. Uh, you know, it's it's like saying that technology changed the world. That's kind of bullshit because we're we're all the same anyway, right? Yeah, it's just a different format. It's the same thing. People yeah. do the same thing. Yeah. we act the same thing. Uh, you know, uh, the first time someone made the wheel is was just as exciting when someone made the new Tesla. Like yeah. it's the same thing. It's just a different format, right? Yeah. Uh, and I, I also struggle to see. Then I would say where the future is. Uh, we, in terms of thinking coffee, we should not be looking for excitement in coffee only. Yeah, uh, we should be yeah. looking for excitement in service. We should yeah. be looking for excitement in added products, added yeah. values, not yeah. just coffee. Because yeah. like coffee, you can, okay, you can make it better, better, better. But then it's gonna be like just good coffee. Yeah. yeah. Um, for example, in Petra, that we, we want to add stuff around coffee. Yeah. Uh, that's probably exciting for you to see because, yeah. uh, but after a while, it gets boring for us. Then yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. we try to add more exciting stuff. Uh, capsules is extremely exciting. Uh, yeah. Different brewing methods, whatever they may be, they're really exciting. Yeah. It's always good to uh, push people to in- innovate. Yeah. Um, I think coffee is the most if not the most uh, really entrepreneurial segment of the whole industry, like yeah. the coffee segment that we're in. It's, uh, it's a food br- product. And uh, for many years, I haven't seen food products and food service being related to business this much. Yeah. Like, like you said, James Hoffman is talking about coffee as much as business it's yeah. so interesting yeah, yeah and it is like it's uh, we should be innovating a lot yeah no, i it's, think that there's a, there's a part of it that we're missing that that's partially why what you and me is 
you know, are, are sitting here talking into microphones, uh, trying to do a podcast because, um, you know, we, we, we talk about coffee and we, we love that we talk about coffee, but um, the coffee part is not what's going to save us in that sense. It's yeah. not what's going to take us to the next part. It's the, 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 the people, the companies with the integrity and the business know-how and the ability to, to keep up the momentum, momentum mm-hmm. as you mentioned, uh, that will make the difference in the, in the future. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's actually a, a pretty good uh, way to round this up as well, I think. Um, and and why why I'm here, why I'm sitting at Petra with Khan is because um, I think you guys are one of those people. I think that what we need to do is that we need to look at the, the people and the companies that manage to grow but maintain integrity. I think that that is the most important part of coffee at the moment, is the most neglected part of coffee at the moment. And I believe those kind of people are... Uh, you know, the people are going to come up with the solutions. Uh, and, and that's why Kana's here. That's why, that's what we're going to see for the future people in this podcast as well. That's the whole idea with it, to kind of highlight those people. Uh, just to round it up, where can people find you, find your company, social media, whatever? Uh, we're going to put all of this in some kind of link thing somewhere here so also people can find it, of course. Uh, but, you know, if they want to follow you, know more about you, where do they find you? Um, uh, we're most active on Instagram, and they can find us as uh, Petra Coffee on Instagram. Mm. Um, and they can, uh, I always say, like, come to our stores and like, yep. talk with yep. baristas. I think that's that's yep. the face of any coffee company, and that's what you would feel most uh, beneficial for yourself when yep. you come and talk to people that prepare your coffee and food and yep. what have yeah. you yes yeah you need to you need to experience it you know as as uh, all good things in that sense so uh you know all of you should just book a plane ticket to uh <laughs> to istanbul it's amazing uh and it, it's beautiful first of all and uh go into petra see what they're about you can probably buy your coffee online Maybe um, at the point that we're launching this, maybe we can do that. Let's yeah. see. Or we've we, we figured that out for you guys in some way. If you have that as like a objective right now, you just put that on the table. So yeah, we'll, exactly. We'll make it happen. <laughs> we, we, we'll make it happen. Shipping will, will take a long time, but apart from yeah. that, we'll make that happen. Yeah. Cool. Thank you All very right. much, Khan. Thank it's you, been, Patrick, uh, for super having nice. us. It's an honor. Super nice. From us here at April, thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share with your friends, family, and colleagues. Thank you.